for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. Welcome to Lynn's Warriors, ground zero in the war to protect our children. And now, Lynn Shaw on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Let's do this. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Warrior Saturday, November 18th, 2023 on today's News Talk 24-7 TNT Radio. And I am Lynn Shaw, the Warrior. And today, you are my warrior for the next hour and beyond. Community creates change. You know our tagline by now. Thank you for joining me. Please listen to me. Join me. Settle in. Get ready to take your weekly warrior notes. We have a lot to cover. There's so much happening this week. I, there's never enough time. So let me stop talking and get on with everything that's happening. Uh, you know the drill. I'm coming to you live from New York City. Let us rock and roll. You know, we're so thankful, especially going into Thanksgiving week here in the United States, um, that we are on the TNT radio platform. It is free speech, truths, propaganda, 24-hour news talk. You have no excuse not to be following along, not to be joining in, not to be sharing the platform because there's an episodes tab. And this is why I say you have no excuse because you can go back, take your time and listen, not only to Lynn's Warriors, all of the other great hosts and programs. Um, So check out that episodes tab on the website, tntradio.live. Again, 24-hour. You have 24 hours, news talk. You can never be lonely with TNT Radio. You know, we cover headlines that few regarding children, families, sex trafficking, human trafficking in the United States and around the globe also, uh, that few are covering in the media. And we ask a lot of questions. We bring you a lot of facts and studies. Other platforms they're not covering. Remember truth, not propaganda on TNT Radio. Remember just one thing, if you were overwhelmed, as many people tell me they are, and I don't blame them, with human trafficking, you know, you hear sex trafficking, you tend to cover your ears up, not want to know about these horrors. I'm sorry, today's reality, you have to know, because we are surrounded by it in one way or another, whether it's labor trafficking, sex trafficking, online predation, you name it, it is happening today in the United States. Just know one thing. There is a war on for our children. Now, I want to read a little something from our home base, the TNT Radio Studios. So listen up, everyone. The inaugural Conference of Australians for Science and Freedom brings together thinkers and community leaders to share learnings, formulate plans, and help establish new and emerging networks and organizations to restore a thriving Australian society founded on science and freedom. Join the exciting lineup of health professionals, scientists, economists, lawyers, journalists, community leaders that will be discussing a range of hot issues, including healthcare policy, democracy, human rights, education, media, and the role of grassroots organizations. The Australians for Science and Freedom Conference is being held. It was held yesterday. It's being held today also at the University of New South Wales, High Street, Kensington. New South Wales from, it'll be today, later on today, 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Sunday the 19th. Plus, now get ready, TNT Radio will be broadcasting from the conference tickets. Find out more information. Go to the website, scienceandfreedom.org, scienceandfreedom.org. I also like to say the program may be a little disturbing, but you know what? The truth is disturbing, so buckle up. You know, I'm angry. I'm angry today. I'm angry a lot. So I want to channel that that anger 
it's not good to be to be angry, but it is good to be angry if it if it gets your energy up to to take action. And something happened this week. It comes out on a yearly basis. It is the annual youth and sex trafficking report cards. Now, I shouldn't be angry. I shouldn't be shocked. But I have to tell you, I always am because the landscape surrounding our kids, our teens, our families, we should be in a much better position because after all, we have more awareness. We have the warriors. I fill you in as much as I can on what's going on. We have more education about all of this trafficking than ever. We have more stories online. We have more people online. Um, and we have media. I'm going to push it again, TNT Radio, allowing us, giving us a great platform to talk about all of this. Yet things are getting worse. They're not improving. And why is that? You know, I'm always asking that same question. Why aren't things getting any better? So let's let's step back and review for a minute. Let me give it to you straight. Here's the problem. And I think you know this. Sex trafficking. It's a booming industry. Not only in America, where I sit in the middle of New York City, the center of the universe, some people might say, but also around the globe. And it thrives because there is a serious demand for commercial sex with children, with minors. I know you don't want to hear this, but it is the truth. And there's lots of money. I'm sorry. It's a basic answer, but there's so much money being made from sex trafficking off our children, especially every day children are being bought and sold for sex. That is the truth. It's ugly. Kids, vulnerable ones especially, they are waiting. They are waiting for you to notice. They are waiting for help. Kids now in the United States are trafficking other children. It's become so normalized. Now, when I say this, because I talk to groups every day, uh, we give classes, we give workshops. They say, what do you mean kids are trafficking other children? Let's just break away for a minute and talk about our open borders. Being run by the cartels, all fact. I don't give you anything that isn't, you know, I can back up with stories, facts, and studies. Now, cartels are in every state, all 50 states in the United States and Washington, D.C. They are, I say, complicit with our U.S. government in the biggest human trafficking operation going on ever. That is me saying it. Lynn Shaw. These open borders are fueling and empowering the cartels. The cartels are now hiring for a couple of bucks. They're getting our American children to do their dirty work. I think everybody should be talking about this. Media should be blasting this. We should have megaphones in the middle of Times Square all over the place. Yet nobody, except the warriors, we're talking about it. What they're doing is infiltrating. For $100, $200, they're hiring American children and kids want to make money, right? That's the truth. Two, bring in drugs, their drugs, the cartel drugs, especially the deadly fentanyl. Last study shows every three minutes an American dies of fentanyl. Now, remember, what do I always tell you? If that's what the study says, it's higher. Could be every minute and a half. We just don't know. And studies are also always lacking, you know, especially with human trafficking, sex trafficking, labor trafficking, the studies you know, they, they, the study, there are some new studies coming out in the last six months, but a lot of the studies I don't use because they're old. They're three, four, five years old, pre-COVID. They don't stand anymore. Everything's changed since COVID. And I know you would agree with me about that. But the cartels are getting our American children in middle schools and high schools, especially to bring in the deadly drugs 
and be drug traffickers, sell the drugs for them. They're also, listen up, getting children, our kids, our teens, to traffic other children. Now, how are they doing this? Very easily, very easily. And that is why I'm always pounding it into you about raising awareness, education. Again, it sounds very basic, but if I'm in the middle of New York City and I'm talking daily to everybody who will listen and educating, and people are constantly shocked, that tells me people still don't understand anything about human trafficking for the most part, sex trafficking, what is going on with our children. It is shocking. What we are about is education for you. So you can understand how dire the situation is in America and also around the globe. Let's focus on America. But we also, this is not to alarm you and scare you. Well, you should be alarmed and scared. I am on a daily basis uh, of, of why this is allowed to happen and why there's no accountability. But I want you to walk away and have a take action, to have resources, especially free ones that you can utilize and to always tell you to open, openly and honestly talk to your kids because they're learning it on TikTok and Snapchat. You're not shielding them from anything. You know, there's a wonderful organization. Let's get back to what I'm angry about called Shared Hope. And I'm urging all of you go to the website, sharedhope.org. And they are our colleagues. We work with them. I base a lot of my information on their yearly report cards. And their mission at Shared Hope is bringing an end to sex trafficking through prevention, education, resources, restoring dignity to victims and justice for victims. Again, the website is sharedhope.org. Now, listen, they started in 2011 laying the foundation to spend an entire year researching, researching what does each state do policy-wise, resource-wise, a victim-wise, uh, aftercare, healthcare, and they issue every November the report cards on child and youth sex trafficking. And I got to tell you, the one area that always comes up as a failure for every single state, F, because they grade A to F, A, B, C, D, E, F, okay? F is always for victims' protections. That is the largest gap every single year for the last over decade we've been looking at this. Now, the good news is one state received an A, the state of Tennessee with the wonderful Senator Marsha Blackburn, which we are hoping to have on Lynn's Warriors shortly as a guest. They received an A, the only state in the United States to get an A. Florida received a B. That's pretty good. Um, remember, it's like five different prongs you know, based on aftercare, victims' rights, justice, legislation, resources. The B, we have Attorney General Ashley Moody. She does incredible work with human trafficking in the state of Florida. California received a C, not terrible. But where I sit in New York State and my fellow state of New Jersey, and we have Connecticut, well, we all failed. F, F, F for failure. You know, I keep asking myself, why are children for sale? I ask myself this several times a day. I think, you know, why is this allowed? What kind of country are we living in? But it is critical. It is critical that we have non-legislative approaches to all of this human trafficking. While we work on policy, legislation, laws, that is a big part of it, boots on the ground, grassroots, we have to have some sort of clear mechanisms for uh 
working on all of this, again, who is suffering? What's trickling down to that victim or survivor? Very, very little. I want all of you, no matter where you're from, sharedhope.org. Look for the report cards on child and youth sex trafficking. There was a map of the United States. See what grade you received because we have to take action on this. You know, I just got back from Washington. The Warriors will be now pounding the pavement, going forward, going after. Remember, it's bipartisan. It belongs to no political party. Any of these issues, these are human rights abuses. These are criminal, criminal acts against our children. We're going to be there. We're going to be calling everybody out. We're going to be demanding accountability. We're going to be talking about the responsibility of big tech. But right now, our 117th Congress. We're entering into the holiday season. And, you know, in Washington the other day, it was relatively empty, kind of looked like a ghost town to me, like a movie set. And asking a couple of, um, you know, people around and they would say, well, you know, we're going into the holiday season. I don't buy that because I've been in Washington a lot in the past. And it was always under any of the past administrations, you know, kind of bustling, kind of an energy in the air. The only thing I saw where there was a bit of a crowd was actually in front of the White House, which is, let me remind everybody, the People's House belongs to us, the White House. And there I took in, you know, I always focus on groups and audiences, and that's that's what I base a lot of my my information on, a lot of my writings on. And what I saw were a lot of families from different countries. How do I know this? Because I could hear the languages, taking pictures, happy, wanting to know, visiting tourists to the United States. And you can walk right up now. Well, they put a big kind of a wrought iron black fence around the White House. Um, you can walk up to that fence. You can stick your camera through the fence, take pictures of the White House so you don't have the fence, you know. But, you know, under the Trump administration, and uh, we were there quite frequently. No, the whole street in front of the White House was blocked off. You couldn't even get across the street to take a picture. You had to be from the park, Lafayette Square, across. So it was interesting to see all these tourists from other countries wanting to take pictures of our White House. Um, we have a lot to do. When we go back in January, the Congress again, must address these six child safety protection bills sitting there, uh, waiting, just waiting. They've gone all the way up the, the chain to be passed, to be voted on, but we cannot get them on the schedule. I will be calling on all of our elected officials. I put that in quotations. We demand accountability. We demand child protection. We've got to figure this one out. And something really very interesting happened this week, and nobody's talking about it. It's a, the most interesting legal case, but we're covering it here on Lynn's Warriors. Legal analyst Lionel will join me to explain why one judge just announced that some of the biggest tech companies found out that Section 230 immunity doesn't shield them from some of the biggest complaints alleging that social media platform designs are defective and harming children and teen users. Coming up, legal analyst Lionel. Just one name, that's all he needs. A must listen when we return to Lynn's Warriors here on today's News Talk, 
TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Bruce de Torres. What happened on October 7th? Was it a surprise, a failure of intelligence, a failure of response, or even something more insidious? To me, it's very believable that there was an intelligence and a military failure. And the reason that that's very believable to me is precisely because of Netanyahu's policies, starting with the policy of utilizing Hamas essentially as a strategic ally to ensure that there is no peace process, to ensure that, you know, that this policy of keeping the Palestinian leadership divided, which dates back to 2006 when Hamas won parliamentary elections. And so you had a Hamas-led government in the occupied territories and the Israeli government's inclusion with the U.S. government. Their response to that was to collude with Fatah, which is the, the party of Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas, to try to overthrow the Hamas-led government. And that failed. And so what this is described in the media as a Hamas coup, a violent coup in Gaza, and that's that's ahistorical. What actually happened was Hamas launched a counter coup and prevented Fatah from over- violently overthrowing the Hamas-led government. Bruce de Torres on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the Church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home. That's 40 California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a $1,000 a day fine. Government stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. When I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence. The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2%, you know, 99.8% survival, rather than the 3 or 4% mortality that the, the people were saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been, not only do you obey government, but you honor government. Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church. The hypocrisy of letting people riot helped us all understand one thing. This is not what they say it is. By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here. I was arrested and driven to a maximum security prison. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches. My daddy. (laughs) When the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. We needed to make a biblical statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. LA County threatened Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest. We were going to be sued. They wanted Grace Church shut down. We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom. As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt, snitches get rewards. Its totalitarian control has to increase. And you have to have a mask on. And as they shut down any attacks against them. This is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church. Today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio.
legal and media analyst Lionel joins me, my favorite lawyer, yours too, I think. And in full disclosure, my husband, and I might add the greatest husband in the world. I felt like saying that. So I did. The only <laughs> greatest husband in the world. I really want to raise awareness and dissect what happened this past week, a very important legal uh, case, a decision that is quite interesting, in my opinion, is I believe that the pendulum, Lionel, is swinging back ever so slowly. And no one, no media is really covering this. And I ask why. But we are right here on TNT Radio on Lynn's Warriors. Here's the topic. This week, some of the biggest tech companies found out that Section 230 immunity doesn't shield them from some of the biggest complaints alleging that social media platform designs are defective and harming children and teen users. Just this past Tuesday, U.S. District Judge Yvonne Gonzalez-Rogers ruled that Discovery can proceed in a lawsuit documenting individual cases involving hundreds of children and teens allegedly harmed by social media use across 30 states. Their complaint alleged that tech companies were guilty of negligently operating platforms with many design defects, including lack of parental controls, insufficient age verification, complicated account deletion pro deletion processes, appearance-altering filters, and requirements forcing users to log in to report child sexual abuse materials, something we talk about a lot on The Warriors, CSAM, C-S-A-M, and failed to warn young users and their parents about these defects. Lionel joins us. Please, you can follow him every day on YouTube at Lionel Nation. Daily, seven days a week, shows at 8 a.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Eastern, Lionel Media on Twitter or X, as some people call it. LionelMedia.com is the website. Welcome, Lionel, to The Warriors. Thank you. I am honored again. You know, uh, let's go. Let's discuss this because this, to me, is groundbreaking. I, I want to know if you consider this a, a, a groundbreaking decision of these dreams dashed of Section 230 blanket immunity. First, I want you ex to explain two things. What is this Section 230 we speak of all the time? And also give us a little uh, landscape about what is the First Amendment, because we want you to understand what this is all about. Well, the First Amendment basically ensures that the federal government, state government, the government will not impinge upon your ability to speak. The government, not individuals, not employers, not magazines, not private, um, you know, tech streaming platforms, but the government. And Section 230 was put in of the Communications Decency Act, was put in as immunity, meaning it protects those individuals in the, in the biz. And in order for them to claim this protection, they have to prove three things. Number one, that they are providers of an interactive computer service. That's number one, which makes sense. Think, think uh, TikTok or Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. So that they are pro providers. Number two, plaintiffs, the people suing them, want to treat them as a publisher or a speaker, meaning that they were the ones who actually promoted a thought, speech, a voice, some communications. And number three, that the information provided was really from another content provider. So that's what I mean. So basically, if I'm Twitter, I'm going to say, listen, I didn't say this. Somebody else said this. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm just X. That's all I am. I'm just X. 
I'm just a, a blank slate. I'm an empty billboard. Somebody else put this up. Okay, that's what they want to do. Well, that deals with content. But in this particular case, something's a little bit different. They were talking about suing for other things, other claims, other problems and the like. They were saying, for example, that parents and others were saying that these, you know, providers were making it difficult for users to delete their accounts. Uh, they weren't using um, proper age uh, determination factors, age verification. They made it difficult, if not challenging, for users to report predators and content that was inappropriate. They were offering appearance altering filters. Uh, they weren't labeling filtered content. The timing of notifications alleged to increase addictive use. They didn't implement, quote, reporting protocols to allow users or visitors of defendants' platforms to report CSAM. So here's the thing. These plaintiffs, parents and otherwise, they weren't suing because of the content. They weren't suing because they weren't filtering the content. They were suing because you didn't take enough safeguards to keep the content from other people. That's different. Does that make sense? That's different. It's not that they're saying, see, Section 230, let's say you're X, you're Elon Musk. And this is very interesting right now. And let's say somebody comes up and claims, brings up Osama bin Laden and says that Osama bin Laden really was the first person to advocate terrorism against the United States and blah, 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 blah. And then they go after Elon Musk and they say, how dare you allow these people to quote uh, Osama bin Laden? Elon Musk could say, wait a minute, under Section 230, I didn't put this up. I didn't publish this. I didn't say this. I merely provided a platform where somebody else said it. That's the way it used to work. Makes kind of makes sense if you think about it, because how would these how would these even survive if people could sue by virtue of Whatever. Okay. This is different, though. The parents and the plaintiffs are saying, we're not talking about the content. We're talking about the safety. It's about you didn't set up safety filters, safety devices. You didn't protect the users from it and the consumers. To make a long story short, this judge in this case said, Section 230 doesn't apply to this. You thought it was some big umbrella. You thought it just was this bulletproof shield against any lawsuit. Oh, no, no, no. This is different. This isn't about content. This is about the actual how you use this itself, if that makes any sense. That's why it's fascinating. Fascinating. Uh, Lionel, as a lawyer, see, I find this, I, I call this groundbreaking. Now, oh, let yeah. me tell you, I call this groundbreaking because I think this is a brilliant move because of all of our work at the Warriors and, and other you know, groups, organizations, we have had a horrific time, as have parents, caregivers, family members, to get this criminal content of minors taken down from these platforms. Every platform is the same. You can't just go after you know, TikTok, which has been in the news lately. It's every platform has uh, child rape videos, content that is harming our children. That includes Every one of them, I stand by that. So 
I call this groundbreaking because not, not being able to get this content down, this is another way to go after them. But what I want to ask you is, as a lawyer, don't you think this Section 230 of the Communication Decency, I mean, this is from 1996. You know, other laws, for instance, they update them every couple of years. Why can't we update? What are your thoughts on updating this Section 230 of this Communication Decency Act? Because technology has changed so greatly and will be changing. We don't even know. We can't keep up. We have AI right now. What What are your thoughts on updating this whole well, Section 230? Sometimes people can, uh, statutes will say the Communications Act of 1996, but they're they're altered, they're amended. We still have the Sherman Antitrust Law, which is from, I mean, for, for centuries. Right. So anyway, but but here's the difference. So I don't want to, don't get, I mean, get excited, but don't get too excited. This doesn't do anything really to help parents who are making claims that their children, that their children's pictures, or, or excuse me, that there is CSAM, child sexual abuse material, on it. Listen to me carefully. It's not that the information is on the particular site. It's that you have a site that doesn't protect people from seeing this. It's as though you're saying, I'm not even talking about the content. You have poor devices, poor safety features, poor um, measures available to keep kids from being addicted to this. I'm trying to think of an analogy where it's not the substance. It's for, for example, I'm not suing you because you had drugs in your house. I'm suing you because you didn't have a lock on your medicine cabinet and a kid got it. I'm not suing you because you have a gun. I'm suing you because you didn't lock the gun away. It's the way it's 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 the means by which you secured this in the first place. That's what this is about. So let's I mean let's see what happens. But see here's the quandary. Section 230 makes sense. It makes sense. You 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 a, a person should not be for example what's going on right now they're asking Elon Musk as an example to be liable because somebody dared to put up something that dare to compare or to to reference Osama bin Laden. And he said, I didn't do that. They did that. Okay, fine. So that kind of sort of makes sense. Here's where it doesn't make sense. Let's say you're a parent and you put either X or Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever on notice that they have a picture of your child and they ignore you. That's a different issue. And the good part about this is that nobody knew, everybody thought Section 230 was this magic bullet, that whatever you try, whatever you tried to sue anybody, any any uh, uh, platform, anybody, you would be met by this. You wouldn't be able to get to, to first base, so to speak, because of Section 230. Under this court, the judge says, oh, no, 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 this is different. We're not talking about content. We're talking about the ability to prevent you from seeing the content, to shield you from the content. It's kind of a subtle distinction. But it's very, very, very interesting. And what's also fascinating about all this, which I, I can't explain enough, is that this is uncharted territory. Again, what's happening right now, just if I could, if you don't mind, bringing in what's happening right now involving um, anti-Semitic. I don't want to get into that, but use this as an example. 
people are demanding, and, and this may help you and the warriors by kind of indirect mode. People for the longest time are upset over the fact and have been trying to say that they believe that platforms are complicit in providing this hate speech, so to speak. Okay, they're not that crazy about child sexual abuse material. They should be, but they're not. But maybe you can piggyback by analogy. For the first time, they're asking these sites to be more accountable, to take to take responsibility for that which they promulgate. That is a game changer also. People secretly don't understand this. How come you can put on something? How come you can put on what used to be called child pornography on, 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 on the internet and get away with it? Aren't you responsible for something? Don't you have the filters? When, if you said something about, let's say, COVID or masks or Dr. Fauci or Donald Trump, they'd come on you like with, with a ton of bricks. So they have the ability to limit certain speech. Other speech, which is definitely more harmful, they elect not to. So there's double reasons for good news, both this particular case, but also what's happening in the news now regarding anti-Semitic speech and a public demanding more responsibility on the part of these, these platforms. I hope that makes sense. Uh, it makes perfect sense. I want, But I want to ask you about, you know, I'm kind of stuck on, we had, actually, it was just two years ago, we had all of this hoopla on Capitol Hill regarding the congressional hearings about the safety. We had the major players from all of the big tech, you know, the platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, being called in to testify about what are they doing about child safety on their platforms. So I, I want to ask you, with all of this, we've had the whistleblowers, Francis Haugen. We just had a Facebook whistleblower who worked at Facebook in their safety division who came forward and said his 14-year-old daughter, this was just a couple of weeks ago, pointed out to him, he no longer works at Facebook, here's what's happening to her on the platform and her friends. If we have all this information, including many studies that directly from past employees, uh, different doctors, that the internet harms these platforms, algorithms and things, why aren't these, in your opinion, these platforms addressing you know the child safety in a different way why are they so why are they fighting it so much wouldn't it they're be better money. to i understand they're making money but they're always going to be making money we live in a digital world wouldn't it be easier to start cleaning it up start finding new ways to do things start working with everybody than no. this constant because right now the predators are winning this we know the no, families and children are not winning right they think that if they were to do this, they would be somehow tacitly um, admitting some kind of liability, admitting some kind of connection, admitting they, years ago, bad example perhaps, but I don't think so. When the NRA was the NRA, they had a, a position where anything that you ever dared challenge, cop killer bullets, bump stocks, uh, prohibitions against uh, uh, body armor, anything. They said, this is an infringement of the Second Amendment, and they didn't budge. And people were saying, body armor? What are you talking about? They wanted you to know, you are not going to, don't even try it. Don't try anything. We're not going to give in on anything. That's kind of their, uh, their um, mantra. 
As you know, and I have said this, the law always lags behind technology. Not to change the subject, but to give you another idea of how the law doesn't know what to do. The same thing with this, because a lot of parents are saying, listen, the problem is with the parents, not the device. Parents, if you don't like what's going on, if you don't like what's going on, all you have to do is just keep your kids from it. Why must we shut everything down, put on all these safeguards to protect your kid? Let me give you something, if I could, just a little bit, if you don't mind. If you do mind, tell me and I will stop. Well, I need you to hold. Uh, we'd like to take a station break. And I want you to hold that thought because I have a feeling this could go for a couple of minutes. So I, I want to be able to focus on all of this. Uh, if you are correct. The listener as well. Um, so we are going to return to Lynn's Warriors with legal analyst Lionel and TNT Radio right after this break. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Who says legislation isn't a contact sport? We nearly came to blows today in the United States Senate as Senator Mark Wayne Mullen of Oklahoma squared off against Sean Butterbean O'Brien, the general president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. O'Brien had been very critical of Mullen on X, tweeting, greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made. Just a clown and a fraud, always has been, always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me, any place, any time, cowboy. Mark Wayne Mullen read that tweet and said, here is a place, now is a time you want to go? And Butterbean said, let's go. Cooler heads like Bernie Sanders intervened. They weren't going to come to blows anyway. This wasn't quite the caning of abolitionist Republican Senator Charles Sumner by pro-slavery Democrat Senator Preston Brooks of South Carolina in 1856, but it was good to see a Republican show a little spine, show a little enthusiasm for his position. Now, if we can only get Mark Wayne as focused on election integrity efforts and on budgetary issues as he is on posts on X. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Many pollution sources can affect the air you breathe. From power plants and vehicles to dust and wildfires, knowing more about local air quality can help you protect your health. If you're thinking about buying an air sensor, EPA has a series of videos to help you get the most out of it. Learn how EPA collects and uses regulatory data, how EPA communicates health messaging, and how to interpret the readings from your sensor. Visit epa.gov air sensor toolbox. You're listening to Lynn's Warriors with Lynn Shaw on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. We are talking with legal analyst Lionel. That's right, one name, because that's all he needs. That's what I like to say. Uh, LionelMedia.com is the website. We are discussing a very important decision. Just this past Tuesday, U.S. District Judge Ivan Gonzalez-Rogers ruled that discovery can proceed in a lawsuit documenting individual cases involving hundreds of children and teens allegedly harmed by social media use across 30 states that uh, their complaint alleged that tech companies were guilty of negligently operating platforms with many design defects, such as, you know, uh, lack of parental controls, insufficient age verification. And Lionel, I'm stuck on one thing. I'm stuck on again. Well, continue with your thought. You started a thought before we went to break. So let me continue that and I'll ask you my question. No, ask your question first. What are you stuck on? I, I don't 
and and I do actually say this to you on a daily basis. I don't I don't understand anything with a minor, any kind of sexual act, abuse, uh, trafficking is against the law. I don't understand. You know, we have seatbelt laws for children and helmet laws for children. Supposedly, you know, cigarettes and all this okay. stuff. Why is this the subject matter? And I know it's because it makes a lot of money. I know, but it is like everybody is ignoring okay. the biggest me, elephant in the room. Let me see if I can explain this. If I'm one of these companies, I'm going to say, we we agree with you 100% as far as um, children being harmed. But we are being asked to take responsibility because somebody dares to use our platform to harm children. We have nothing to do with the harming. The companies that make thumb drives for you to put in store CSAM are not responsible. The computer companies that allow you to store this on their hard drives, they're not responsible. The, the, so, so why should we be responsible, how responsible for something that we clearly do not want to be a part of? Because all we do is somebody has used our, our facilities. Kodak, when there was videotape and film they weren't responsible for snuff films and kiddie, uh, or used to be called kiddie porn, which is not, but CSAM. So that's their position. They're telling you, we're, we're, we're not in favor of this. Now, it's harder for them to get away with that when you say, excuse me, I represent, or this child is my child, and this child is on your platform right now, and we told you to take this down and you ignored it. That's a different story. But the law always will lag behind technology. Let me give you an example. You and I were talking about this. This is really problematic. Deep fakes. Let's say your kid comes home. It's happened in uh, Westfield, I believe, New Jersey. Is Westfield, right? Westfield? Westfield, New Jersey, yes. Kids' parents came home and found out that their kids were basically the subject of taunting and embarrassment because somebody would take their picture, a picture from a yearbook or Facebook or whatever, and superimpose it through AI or whatever onto figures to give the impression that these children were either posing nude or involved in acts that would be illegal. Now, what is that called? It's not real. It's fake. So we have libel laws, which I think that's where they're going to go because you're basically saying something that's fake. But how do you, police don't know how to handle something like this where it's fake. And then they're asking also the schools, should the schools be responsible for this? And the schools will say, we didn't do this. Our students did this. So we're always asking other people who claim it's not my job to use your Freddie Prince law. It's not me. It's somebody else. It's not the school. It's the students. Uh, platforms will say, it's not me. It's these other people. So the good news is, going back to where we started off, tech companies thought once they file this suit, we're going to mention 230 and this federal judge is going to say, up, oh, dismissed. Because it's a blanket bulletproof defense. This judge said, no, it's not. Because you're not being charged or being sued for content. You're being sued for having a system that's negligent, that's not designed properly to prevent content from being shown others. Remember, it's like before they had the child-proof pills, drug drugstores were being sued basically for providing or, or companies for not having uh, some way of protecting kids from it. That's what this is. It's not the pill. It's the fact that you couldn't keep the pill away from kids. 
It's not the gun. It's the fact that you left it laying outside. It's not the content, Mr. or Mrs. Provider. It's the fact that you never had a device or particular protections on your platform that could have prevented this from happening. So this is great news. And I hasten to say that what's happening right now involving the Middle East and people wondering who is responsible for saying things. Is it Elon Musk? Is it Twitter? Is it Zuckerberg? What's their responsibility? You and the warriors are going to benefit because this is for the first time changed the focus of responsibility and culpability from just the individual participants and players to the platforms itself. So that is good news. Also, you're going to dovetail and uh, or rather you're going to benefit from that new scrutiny. So that's good news. Um, I agree. With, I agree. I think this uh, decision is a significant victory uh, for families. Uh, but I have to go back to, and I know this firsthand knowledge because I spoke to people, you know, Elon Musk, when he took over Twitter, X, whatever everybody's calling it these days, Twitter X, the first, one of his first moves was to disband his child safety group. Now, he did not replace them to my knowledge. So in other words, now you pointed out, nobody wants to admit, you know, negligence or anything like that. But even the testimony two years ago, Congress, all the major players, okay, they right. said we're doing the be- they said we're doing the best we can do. Of course we don't like any of this. We're doing the best. Why wouldn't they just increase their workforce? No Why I'm saying that behind the scenes. They're not admitting anything. Why would and again, to my knowledge, to this day, Elon Musk has not has not beefed up. He took them away. He got rid of, you know, the, the Why people not who were pretend. Why not, not even pretend? pretend? Just do it behind the scenes. Just do it well, behind the scenes well, and behind work the scenes. on it. But why not pretend you have something that protects children, even if you don't? But to deliberately disband it calls attention to the fact that you obviously think nothing as to the importance of even having a division in your corporation that deals. But that's that's what I'm that's what I'm getting at. It to me, it sends a signal: this is not important. I can understand cost cutting, but this is not. I guarantee you, they're also asking if this comp if this world were as interested in misinformation or disinformation, or lies, or hate, as it is hatred against children, and the distortion that's being applied to these kids, were that the case, it would be a different story completely. Look, all I know is simply this. This is for the, this is so glacier slow in terms of how this is proceeding. I don't understand it. I don't know where this pro CSAM lobby is. What are they worried about? Why don't they come out and make and just say, if you want to provide this, you better go someplace else. If you want to actually promote children being harmed, being abused, you better do it on someplace else. But they're not doing that. I don't know why. And But, but also couple that with the fact that society is not clamoring for this. Nobody is demanding. They're, they're worried more. I got to tell you something very quickly. I'm sorry not to change the subject. I am flabbergasted by how people want to go after Elon Musk because somebody dared to reprint or to retrocon this reference to a Osama bin Laden theoretical statement that was made 21 years ago. They're going crazy over that. When, to show you how schizophrenic this is, these same people would post the manifesto of the Unabomber or publish Mein Kampf. You can buy Mein Kampf, Hitler's 
you know, blueprint on Amazon, that doesn't bother anybody. Why is this? Why why is there this right. selective outrage and this selective amnesia for others? I don't know. I wish I could tell you. It's it's schizoid. That aside, we pursue and we carry on and we try to get their attention one day. Uh, let me digress a bit and just ask you about, you know, uh, media. Media, for the most part, what we talk about on The Warriors, they will not discuss any of this. What are your thoughts on that? I've heard a few little things, you know, dripping out mainstream media, but they're usually kind of glossy cases. They're not really going into full right. steam, you know, our youth mental health crisis. Again, these are well-documented cases. Uh, I was talking to, I told her the other day, uh, a doctor, a friend of mine, who was telling me about uh, another doctor friend of his, a psychiatrist who is dealing nonstop seven days a week with children up to 10, 11 o'clock at night, who are reporting to him that um, all of their problems are coming from the internet. And again, we have studies that are saying, you know, the harmful content. So I'm not still not understanding. This is to me, a new country, a new world we're living in. I don't, nothing holds, nothing holds that was even holding in my opinion, six months ago. So we have to create new. Why is everybody? Yes. They're fighting now about all these other issues, but they will not fight for our children and our families with all of this. I don't get it. The other day, there was a story after story after story saying that the big problem that faces society today is that people are lonely. Um, Dr. Ruth, Dr. Ruth was appointed by Governor Kathy Hochul, New York Governor Kathy Hochul, as the the theoretical or the um, um, unofficial ambassador, if you will. It is going to be, it is going to be an absolute disaster. All right. Well, we have that. Um, we need to finish up now, Lionel. Can you fill me in? Do you know anything or have any legal take on we're facing the AI? Artificial intelligence, artificial oh, yes. general intelligence in the legal field. Have you heard anything about anybody doing anything to address all of this? What can you share with us? Um, I hope I'm I'm able to do something now. I hope you can see me now. But um, artificial intelligence poses an existential threat to society. It is the scariest thing I can think of. And the reason why is that nobody knows what it is. Imagine I've created a poison, I've created a bomb, I've created something, and I don't even know what it is. Imagine I've created this device, and it does four things. Number one, recursive self-improvement. It writes its own code. Let me say this again. I've created this, it writes its own code. It will get out of whatever strictures I've placed on it, and it will write its own code. That's number one. Number two, it's going to know every bit of information there is people's names, where they live, social security numbers. Number three, it's going to understand human psychology. It's going to understand fear and greed and jealousy and work accordingly. And number four, it's going to be able to use AGI and write its own apps. This is game changer. This is the scariest stuff anybody has ever seen. And guess what's being done about it? Nothing, because nobody understands it. They keep thinking it's robots or or a, a, a Roomba that vacuums the floor. It's, it's, it well, is the number one, it is the scariest thing I can think of, bar none. And I'm agreeing with that. Lionel, 
I have to let you go, but you're going to be back. We have to talk more about these laws. A lot of things are percolating behind the scenes regarding sex trafficking and human trafficking, uh, a lot with labor trafficking we have to touch upon also. Thank you for joining me today and continuing every day to raise awareness and for providing what I call critical and crucial analysis of what's really happening in the United States and around the world. Truth, you're full of truth, not propaganda. The website is your <laughs> The website is LionelMedia.com, Lionel Nation on YouTube, Twitter, X at Lionel Media. Thank you, Lionel, for joining me today. Thank you. My pleasure. You know, I want to remind everybody that uh, November is National Runaway Prevention Month. And what does that mean? It means that we have over 40% of the children who run away. You have to remember, why do they run away? A lot of kids are in very vulnerable situations. They have no choice. Domestic violence, uh, drug addicted uh, parents or family members, they have to get away from abuse. We know that 40% of the runaways, basically teenagers, the average age is 14 years old, they will end up sex trafficked. They will end up within 48 hours. They're vulnerable. Nobody's looking for them. These are the things we have to talk about, dark and ugly. I'm going to keep telling you, yes, it is. This is the reality in 2023, and we're also we're almost into 2024. I also want to make you aware of Roblox, which is a gaming platform which has 73 million active monthly users, mostly kids. Roblox, R O B L O X, and it's a virtual universe. And they describe themselves as uh, you can create and share experiences with friends. Well, I'm here to tell you, you can share those experiences with strangers. It is one of the top platforms for the abuse of children. And now I'm shocked, and we'll be fighting this, the Warriors. Uh, Roblox has announced their partner programming. They're bringing in mainstream uh, advertisers such as, and also brands like the Gucci brand, which is a luxury brand, uh, because they want to now brand themselves with all this behind the scenes going on with the kids and predation and what they're not addressing, as we just spoke to Lionel about uh, some of these abuses. Uh, they want to make it a marketing channel now. And here's the most frightening thing. Roblox, a three-year-old could sign on. There's no verification if they know how to do it. We have five-year-olds signing on, talking to strangers. So if your child is on Roblox and every parent I talk to, I say, is your child on Roblox? Most of them say to me, 99% of them, yes. You better know what's going on on this Roblox. You better talk to your kids. Remember, honest and open communication because the kids, like I said, are seeing it anyway Everything's on TikTok. Everything's on Snapchat. And a reminder, don't talk about closing down TikTok. I say that because you, you have to talk about then closing down every single platform you and the children are on because they all are fall, falling behind. There is no accountability. Uh, we also want to talk about going into the week ahead. This is Thanksgiving season. Give thanks. Share. Share information with your family and friends. Also, Talk about these issues open and honestly. Get the kids involved. Fam form your family digital partnership in the home. Talk about the devices. Remember, kids are on 9 to 17. They have access to four devices. Start getting involved with them. And I want to start with thanking you for listening. Please write to me, ask questions, get answers. TNTradio.live is the website, 24-hour news talk. I am here for you always, lindswarriors.org. Thank you always. Alex, our engineer on the board for keeping all running smoothly, and Ruckus, our producer, and our entire TNT family for giving us this platform to share all of this critical information with you, information you need to know. Until we meet again, 
This is Lynn's Warriors on today's News Talk TNT Radio, wishing all of you in the United States a very happy Thanksgiving week.